Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Take your Bibles this morning. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is the last message in the series, Unmovable. And as we think about what God has spoke to us over the last several months, actually, because we started this series in January, we talked about being unmovable in truth, how that the Bible is the ultimate authority for mankind. It is truth. And then Jesus is that revealed truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And then we talked about the fact that we have to move on into love and love those who are close to us and love those who are not. It's only through love that people are swept into the kingdom of God. And more than anything, as a believer, we should desire to see people brought into the kingdom of God. It's our job to expose them to the gospel, let the Holy Spirit to convict people, and then the power of Jesus Christ through the cross to bring salvation into their lives. And then lastly, we talked about we need to be unmovable in good works. People need to see Jesus in us through the things that we do and the things that we say. They need to understand that our Lord is living, He's alive, and He's shown through us each and every day. Can you say amen? So this morning, we're going to finish this series with we have to be unmovable in evangelism. Unmovable in evangelism. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to be in the house of God, to know that you have a word for this church and for all those who are joining us online, both presently and those who will watch this broadcast in the future. You have a word for each one of us. You have a plan for each one of us. You have a purpose for each of us. Now I pray for those that are in the room, for those that are watching, for those who watch in the future, that you enable them to take the shade off their life and let Jesus shine through them. Let his glory be revealed. Let his power be revealed and reflected through their lives. And let the love of God that's in them draw other men and women, teenagers, boys and girls, to the cross. We pray these things in Jesus' name. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, and maybe you haven't memorized by now, but we're going to read it again. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I really want to highlight that last phrase, knowing that your labor is not in vain for the Lord and in the Lord. We live in times of confusion. We live in times when people don't really know who they are. We see all types of dysphoria going on, mental uh, chaos happening around us. We see all kinds of gender confusion. Folks, I've said it before, but I want to say it again. There is only two genders as revealed in the Word of God. There are not 48 or 84 or 302 or however many you want to make up, there are two. God created them male and female. We need to understand that. And we as human beings, how dare we attempt to change God's will by saying, I am not who God made me to be. That is some type of confusion, some type of delusion that needs to be arrested in our culture today. 
We need to know and understand the Word of God. We live in times of confusion when people really don't know which way to turn or who to believe or what voice to listen to. We are bombarded by media of all types. There is so much stuff on the Internet that we can avail ourselves to. But may I tell you, it's not all good. And it all has to be measured by the Word of God. Because the Word of God is the ultimate authority and truth in and over our lives as believers. So let's talk this morning about the world we live in and our response and our responsibility to reach that world for Jesus Christ. We have to be unmovable in evangelism. Now, when I use that word evangelism, people think about Billy Graham crusades. They think about revivals. They think about all kinds of things that really are not what the Scripture tells us about. The Scripture gives us a responsibility as believers to each one of us spreading the word, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when I think about it, I can't help but go to Romans chapter 1, verse 16, where Paul, writing to the Roman church, said these words, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Would you say it with me this morning? I am not ashamed. Come on, declare it. I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Culture, the world, Satan, has tried to hobble and silence the church of Jesus Christ. Tried to convince us that you can do anything you want in that building, but don't you bring it out here. Where the gospel specifically tells us, take it out there. Take the gospel to the world. But we can't do that if we believe the lies of the enemy, if we've allowed him to stop our mouth and silence our voice and cause our feet to stay in a building. We'll never do that. But when we're infused with the power of the Holy Spirit, we then have a commission to carry out in our lives. And that commission is to tell others about Jesus Christ. When I read this statement from Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I want to point out to you that the gospel is not an it, it's a him. Jesus Christ is the gospel. The gospel is his life perfectly lived, his death on the cross and his resurrection on the third day. The power that he gives to us through the Holy Spirit, that is the gospel. It's Jesus Christ. The gospel is not a program. The gospel is not something that we merely profess. The gospel is power. And that power changes our lives. That power drives us and motivates us to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. The gospel is power. The word for power is dunamos. The same word used in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 when Jesus said, after that, the Holy Ghost to come upon you, you shall receive power. That power is dunamos. It's mighty works. It's marvelous things occurring. Oh, listen, believer, we're living far below the standard of God when we settle just for going to church. We're far below the standard of God when we settle for watching a preacher on our computer or on our TV. The gospel is power. I want you to get that in your spirit today. You say, well, I'm shy, I'm timid, I don't know what to say. Well, stop relying on yourself 
and start relying on the power of the Spirit of God that is inerrant in you as you are a believer in Jesus Christ. There are no, let me rephrase that, in our culture, in the Western world, there are no secret agents in the gospel. We all are called to be lights. We're all called to be witnesses unto Jesus Christ. And Paul said this gospel is to everyone who believes. Many people read that last phrase to the Jew first and also to the Greeks and say, well, that precludes me. No, it doesn't. Everyone includes you. The gospel is inclusive. In other words, every man, woman, boy, and girl on the face of the planet has the right to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. They are not disqualified because of where they live, the language they speak, the color of their skin, or any religious background they may have. Every person has the right to access the power of the gospel through Jesus Christ. None are exempt. Now, when we come to Christ, he sets us apart. We become exclusive. We become those people who will follow him fully and wholeheartedly in everywhere we go. He said it's to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The Greek word also means Gentiles. And that's what he said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, right? After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive power to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem. Where were Jesus at when he was giving this statement? He was in Jerusalem. He's saying right here in this town, you're going to be witnesses to me. In Judea, Judea was the country around Jerusalem, that area, that region. Then he said in Samaria. If you know any Bible history, you know that a true Jew despised Samarians because they were half-breeds. They were not pure in any way, according to Judaism. Jesus is saying, you're going to take the gospel to people you don't like. You're going to take the gospel to people who are not like you. You're going to take the gospel to those that you have despised and rejected. You're going to take the gospel to those who have been left out and passed over according to your culture and your religion. Oh, would somebody hear me this morning? It's time to take the gospel to the Samaritans, to those that are not like us, to those that we may not gel with, to those who may never have been our friend. It's time to take the gospel to those who are left out passed over, that we have ignored, overlooked because of some societal difference in us and them. The gospel is for everyone. Jerusalem, Judea. And then he concluded that verse in Acts 1 saying, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. In other words, to all people at all times. The gospel did not stop with the death of John the Apostle. The gospel continued through you and I today. The gospel continued to all of us who choose to believe in the power of his name and accept the forgiveness that he chooses to offer. I want you to hear it. Peter wrote it this way in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. He said, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Do you hear what Peter is saying? When you come through the power of the gospel, change happens in you. Let me say it one more time. You're a chosen generation. You are chosen when you're a part of the family of God. 
You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous lights. Oh, that should excite somebody. Because a lot of us were in darkness. We couldn't see our hand in front of our face spiritually. We were blinded to the truth of God's word and the power of the gospel. But when he reached out, when he convicted us, when he called us, when he chose us, when he drew us in, change occurred, light came, darkness fled. Do you understand? Darkness does not wipe out light. Light pushes back darkness. And he said, I didn't just call you into light. He called you into his marvelous light. Oh, that's a great word. You should think about it. Marvelous light. It's above and beyond. It's powerful and wonderful. And it supersedes all darkness. Look at verse 10. Who were not a, once not a people, but are now the people of God. Do you know what that means? There was a time when you had no identity whatsoever. You were wondering. You didn't know who you were, what you were supposed to be doing. You want to know why there's so much chaos and confusion in our culture? It's because we are not a people. But when we come to Christ, we become the people of God. Without him, we have no identity. We're simply wandering through life. Now, you may be successful. You may be rich. You may be well-positioned for the things of this world. But until you come to Christ, you are not a people. But when you come to him, you become the people of God. He goes on to say, who have not attained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Is there anyone in this room that can say, I've obtained mercy? Is there anyone that can say, I know the mercy of God, and it's new every morning in and over my life. I know the mercy of God. He keeps me. He saves me. He holds me in his hand. I know the mercy of God. If you don't know the mercy of God, go back and watch the service from November 27th of last year when I told you about surviving a horrific motorcycle accident. That's why Maury said what he said on his video. It was all because of the mercy of God. The mercy of God. Look at verse 11. I beg you as sojourners, pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which were against the soul. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. I want to read those last two verses from the message, and I want you to hear this. It's so clear. It says, My divinely loved friends, since you're residents and aliens and foreigners in this world, I appeal to you to divorce yourself. What a powerful phrase. To divorce yourself from the evil desires that wage war within you. We talk about holiness. We talk about righteousness. It all begins when we divorce ourselves from the powers of evil and the actions that brings in our life. Let that penetrate. Let that soak. Let that set. And then ask yourself, Father, is there an area that I still entertain? Is there something in my life that I need to divorce so I can pursue you? Now, I'm not talking about marriage relationships. Don't go down that road. Don't you dare misquote me. Don't you say that preacher said it's okay. Go get it. I did not say that. I said divorce yourselves from the things that bring evil into your lives. I know. I hear you. Well, that's my husband. No, it's not. 
That's my wife. Well, you don't know her, preacher. And that may be true, but you married her, so get over it. Divorce yourself from the evil that's in your life so you can glorify God. Verse 12 from the message, live honorable lives as you mix with unbelievers, even though they accuse you of being evildoers. Now, I want to pause right there. He said, live honorable lives as you mix with unbelievers. A couple of weeks ago, I told you if all your friends are Christians, you need to get some new friends. Because we are called to be light in a dark world. We're not called to be light to Susie Christian and Bobby so good. We're called to be light to those who don't know Jesus. So if you don't have any friends that are unsaved, you need to make some new ones. As you mix with, one version says, as you rub shoulders with unbelievers. We have got to find a place, a time, an opportunity to befriend those who don't know him. It's our responsibility. That's evangelism. It may happen at work. It may happen at the grocery store. It may happen at the gas station. It may happen with your neighbor. It may be an extended member of your family that you've despised for years. Well, now he's just meddling. We need to understand God has called us to mix with those who do not know him. He's called us to rub shoulders with them so that the light that is in us exposes to them and the darkness flees. He's called us. Live honorable lives as you mix with unbelievers. Even though they accuse you of being evildoers, that they will see your beautiful works and have a reason to glorify God in the day he visits us. I'm at the point in this message where I need a response. I'm going to tell you what you were and what you are. And when you hear your situation called out, I want you to stand. I want you to declare, that was me and this is me now. Can you do that? So listen closely. Because we have come to Christ, Peter said, he's called us out of darkness into his light. Is anybody here say, I lived in darkness, but now I'm in light. Peter, the scripture goes on to tell us that we were orphans, but now we're heirs, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, sons and daughters of the Most High God. That I'd have somebody shouting this morning. He has called us who once were slaves, but now we're royalty. We once were slaves, but now we're loyalty. We once were bound, addicted to drugs or alcohol or pornography, but now we live free by the power of Jesus' name. We once were hopeless, but now we are faith-filled. We once lived in despair, but he turned our despair into dancing, and we're rejoicing in him today. We once were cowards, but now we're kings. We are mighty in our God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Chaos once was our world. But when Jesus came, peace filled our heart. Peace filled our mind. And the Prince of Peace spoke to the chaos and said, You have no more room in this, my child. Sometimes we lived in confusion, not knowing which way to go or what to do. But in the middle of that confusion, Jesus brought clarity. Clear, sharp focus into your life. Once we were powerless, but now we are power filled by the Holy Ghost. 
We once were victims. Oh, but hear me. You're not a victim anymore if you know Jesus. You are a victor, a conqueror, a champion, a child of the mighty God. You are moving forward, pressing in for all that he has for you. You once were depressed, taking medicine, talking to people. But when Jesus came into your life, he turned that depression into joy. And your joy turned to singing and praising and dancing. Because that's what Jesus does. Once you were sick, but today you stand and declare, I am healed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You once were empty, but now you're full of the presence of God. You once were wounded, but now you're a warrior fighting the good fight of faith. You once had no identity. You were as confused as a termite in a yo-yo, but today... He has called you by his name. And he has declared, you are mine. You were once rejected, overlooked, passed by. Oh, but he chose you. He chose you. He chose you. He chose you. He called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You once only had death in front of you, but when Jesus arrived, death turned to life. And the same power that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you. Once your future was certain, and it was hell, you were going to split hell wide open and be there for all of eternity. But when Jesus stepped in, oh, he removed that curse and he brought life and the promise of an eternity with him and God where you will live forever and ever and ever. This, my friend, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And all of you that are standing, if he's really done all this for you, isn't it time to open your mouth and tell somebody about the wonderful works of God. To declare what he has done in and over your life. Let Jesus shine through you. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. The message says it this way. Now that I put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. You're talking about something that's countercultural. That's it. We go home, we shut the door, we pull the blinds, we don't want anybody bothering us. We don't have our lives open. We don't have a generous life to share with those around us because we keep it bottled up. By doing so, by opening up to others, you will prompt people to open up with God. This generous Father in heaven. Haley, come back, please. That, my friend, is evangelism. That, my friend, is what God has called each and every one of us to do. We started this at the first of the year. Each one reach one. A card that has ten lines on the back of it. You put ten names or five names or 47 names, I don't care, of people that you want to see born into the kingdom of God, and you pray for them every day. Because it all begins with prayer. And then when you have the opportunity, you open your mouth and let the Spirit of God speak through you. And the light of Jesus 
touch those around you. He has called us to evangelism. There will be crusades, there will be revivals, there will be special meetings, but friend, that's not the basis of evangelism. The basis of evangelism is to rub shoulders with unbelievers, to invite them into your life, to live with an open house so that they will see the generosity of our mighty God. I'm gonna pray for every person that's standing today because by standing, you're saying, I'm a born again believer. I've been called out of darkness into light. I've been delivered and set free. I am a man or a woman of God and I'm following him. Father, right now I pray for every person standing, every person online to this message has spoken to. And I pray that the power of Jesus Christ would so infuse us and fill us that we uncover the light that's in us. We remove the shades and we let people see you through us. We let our light so shine among men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. That's your mandate, believer. Your mandate is evangelism. Your mandate is to be a light. Your mandate is to influence someone around you with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. It's a gospel of transformation. It is Jesus Christ. As your heads are bowed, if you're in this room this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe you did it one time, but you've drifted far away from Him today, He's calling you this morning. He's saying to you, today is your day. This is your moment. This is your time. You need to come and receive Christ. Ask Him to forgive you. Ask Him to indwell your life. That's you. Right where you're standing or sitting, lift up that hand and say, pray for me, Pastor. That's me. I need Jesus. Yes, sir. Others, I need Jesus. Yes, ma'am. Others, I need Jesus. I need Jesus in my life today. Slip up. Yes, ma'am. Someone else, I need Jesus in my life today. Everyone of, yes, sir. Every one of you who raised your hand, I want you to step out and come and meet me right here. I'm going to pray with you. Come on, don't hesitate. Come. Come on. You raised your hand. Come, lead the way. I need Jesus in my life. You realize at the movie theater last Wednesday night, four people accepted Christ as a Savior at the end of that movie. Oh, come on. Celebrate with them. Rejoice with them. It's time to say thank you, Jesus. Come on, right down here. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to believe with you. God's going to change your life. I need Jesus. Come on, let him touch you. Let him change you. Come on, sir, we're waiting on you. Anybody else, we're waiting on you because this is the greatest thing that will ever happen to you in the entirety of your life. Not because I'm here, but because Jesus is here and he's in the saving business. He's in the forgiving business. He wants to set you free and transform you. Every one of you, look at me. In this moment of time, he wants you to say, Lord, I acknowledge you as my savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come into my life to revolutionize me. Put it in your own words. You don't have to say what I said. Put it in your own words right now, would you? Just pray it out. Lord, I acknowledge you as Savior. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to change my life. I ask you to cleanse me. Make me a child of God in this moment of time. 
Make me a child of God in this moment of time. Change me, Father, I pray. I don't want to be the person I was when I walked through those doors. I want to be changed by the power of Jesus Christ. Change me. Change me. Accept me back into your grace and into your mercy. Bring home the prodigal right now. And minister life and grace and healing to them. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And as you pray those prayers, and as you confess them as your Lord and Savior, and as you ask Him to forgive you of your sins, new life is birthed in you. And today, you'll never be the same. Today, Jesus has taken up residence in your heart and in your life. Today, you've been born into the kingdom of God. And you will never, ever, ever, ever be the same. Ever be the same. Joali's come, Ann and Cal come, Yvonne come, Celine come. I want you to lay hands on these folks and I want you to pray with them and pray for them and let them be swept into the kingdom of God. Now I'm talking to you again, church, and I'm looking for a commitment. I'm looking for people who will say, I understand what evangelism is now and I'm going to live that way, rubbing shoulders with those who don't know him and letting my voice speak of his truth and of his light. If that's you, you'll make that commitment. It is a commitment. It is a commitment. You have to do it every day. There's no vacation time from being a believer. Every day, 24-7, we live that life and let the light of Jesus show through us. If you'll make that commitment, raise your hands. That's an act of surrender to Him. Simply raising your hands. I surrender to you. I surrender to your will. I surrender to your authority. I surrender to your plan. Now do a mighty work in me that removes all reservation when it comes to following you and sharing you, that removes all fear, that removes all doubt. And now fill me with the power of the Spirit of God, that dutimous power, that miraculous, life-changing power, that power that does mighty works. Fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit so that I can be a witness unto you every single day. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Come on, give Him praise today. Thank Him for those who are born to the kingdom of God. Give Him praise today. Worship Him. Magnify Him. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.